0: In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Paint Ed with Torlando. This episode is sponsored by Painter Marketing Pros, Automation for Painters, and Bookkeeping for Painters. Welcome to
1: Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host, guys and gals. I've got a great, a special episode for you today. Uh, It's going to be a solo cast. It's just me here today. Just me in your ears for the next, we'll keep it to 30 minutes maybe, maybe 45. We'll see. I'm super excited today because I have a bunch of uh, amazing announcements that I know that you're going to love. And I've got a special program to you based off of uh, my book, which I have uh, I've published and I've been telling everybody about. It's called Sprint. Um, it is the Uh, playbook for implementing the revolutionary management system known as Sprint applied to paint businesses. Uh, Super excited. Before I get into this solo cast, before I get into this show, I want to give a a couple announcements. Um, There are a lot of cool events happening in our industry, things that you should be aware of. Um, I was over on the PCA PaintEd.org website, noticing that uh, there are a few events around the country, small events, cool events. We've got a, a, Sherwin, a Sherwin-Williams Networking Happy Hour in Ohio. We've got a special guest speaker there, Stacy Spear. That's happening August 24th at. Uh, that's uh, looks like an all-day event. Uh, we've got. On August 30th to September 2nd, Ask a Painter Live Summer Retreat 2022 uh, in Goal Lake, Minnesota. Headed up by Nick Slavik, of course. Um, an event down in Florida, the Sherwin-Williams Pro Show. Uh, that looks like a good event. Coming up, Masterclass with Nick Slavik on the 23rd. Commercial Forum. September 29th through October 2nd, and for those non-commercial folks, um, the good our friends at the Propainter Network are having an event September 29th through the 30th in Denver, and I'll actually be speaking at that event. And the content of what I'll be speaking is uh, I'm going to give you a little preview here today. If you uh, are thinking about going on the cusp of going, some great speakers going to be showing up there. Um, it's all about this, this right here is, you know, if I were to, if I were to be a, an, a, an, a, a prophetic voice, <laughs> this would be by Bible that I wrote this, this book is everything that you need to know about managing your schedule and building your team. I, I've studied, I've tested, I've tried, I've failed, I've experimented, I've succeeded, And the contents of this book, I am convinced, are the key to simplifying the way that you are running your business. It's the key to making the oh so stressful uh, role and responsibility of being an owner to take some of that responsibility off of your plate and to delegate it to others in a way that is simple and clear and easy to execute. Uh, I want to make sure that you guys uh, can can grasp those concepts well, and I'm going to give you a preview on that today. Uh, What else we got? Other announcements? Um, Okay, of course, if you are listening to this show on podcast, maybe you're listening to it um, on Spotify or Apple Music, on your iPhone, you can, of course... Get the video content of this by downloading PCA Overdrive, where you get over 500 hours of video content. its 5.99 is a month, or if you become a member of the PCA, it's included in membership. And I uh, recently renewed my membership, and I've been perusing the, the titles and the, the videos that are available in, in PCA Overdrive. Guys, this is excellent content. You can get a real business education out of this stuff. It is so good. And uh, I highly recommend it. Again, that's $5.99 for non-members. Free with your membership. Uh, and other things that have been going on. I've been working with Steve Wilson um, over at CBiz and he helped put together the PCA Medical Benefits program. So if you go to PCA Medical um, if you're interested in being able to offer, um, you know, affordable health health plans to your employees, I highly recommend going there. Um, of course, last announcement here, um, the book that I will be, you know, that I, that I wrote and that I am, uh, uh be speaking about at the, at crank. Um, it could be purchased at amazon.com. All you have to do is just search my name Torlando, um, and the name sprint, and you should be able to find it really easy. All right. All right. Let's get into this content. So here's the deal. Uh, several years ago, I was running my first painting company, and I was seriously struggling to fill that project manager role. Uh, I was putting in different people, and it was beyond stressful for them. Um, I I don't know anybody uh, that has served in that project uh, coordinator role, that scheduling role, who hasn't been brought to tears by the sheer challenge of the job. It is emotional. And a lot of that has to do with the uh the the expectations of the customers. They want you to show up when they want you to when when they want you to um you have to be the bearer bad news. Um the schedule is is frantic. It's moving around they're moving pieces. You've got you know, weather as a conflict. You've got people calling in. You've got customers not picking up the phone to schedule the job and get it started. Uh, it can be a hurry up and wait situation. I'm sure you guys understand this. And I remember sitting down and thinking, how on earth am I going to fill this position? The person that I had in the position wasn't working out. Um, not only that, but my uh, I had a baby due in a, in a couple weeks at this point. Uh, my sales rep, she was also pregnant and due. Her baby ended up being a bor- born a day after mine. And I was needing to find a different situation from my project manager. So here here I was, baby due in just a couple weeks, losing my project manager. My sales rep is about ready to uh, go on maternity leave. And all of the responsibility of those two things is about to be heaped back on my shoulders. And there is no paternity leave for me at this point. And I'm thinking to myself, how on earth am I going to do this? And funny enough, I was watching um, a TV show. I, I, I like to watch a little bit of TV to you know, cut back on the edge and decompress at the end of the day. That's kind of my vice is television. So I was watching a little bit of TV and I was watching this show on uh, HBO. Maybe some of you have heard of it. It's called Silicon Valley. And it's a show about computer software. It's about a tech startup. Uh, It's a it's a it's a funny show uh <laughs> but there's this one episode where they are struggling to produce their software in a reasonable time it's highly disorganized things aren't productive as as they can be and the the business manager says you know we need this thing called scrum and i and i and the whole episode is about this productivity methodology, and they start breaking things into sprints, and they put their jobs up on a board, and they, all the the tickets, you know, and all this. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, this actually, this actually might work for painting. And so I did a little research, and uh, I I did I did a good amount of research. I read a couple papers, a few blogs, a couple books. And I realized that this model for production would actually be perfect for painting. And so it was also so easy to implement that I was able to learn the concept in a weekend, translate it into how it would work for painting and implement it that week. And it instantly transformed the way that we were producing jobs. It instantly made us more organized. It instantly got our crews to be able to produce jobs on their own and to close out jobs. And it felt so much more organized. And I didn't even need to hire a production manager at that point because I was able to perform the task with the resources that I had with the time that I had not only that but it it removed so much work off of my plate that I was able to especially once that sales rep came back I was able to reduce my day-to-day workload and I got my schedule down to something that was quite manageable and I want to share how it works with you today. So let's let's really start here at the beginning. Now, when you are out there uh, selling jobs, you are putting together a bid, right? That bid um, has the price of the job. It has the name of the customer. It has the scope of the work, right? But the key is taking that bid and translating it into a work order That your team can understand and be able to produce that work and to stay on budget with the amount of money that's in the job now. What a lot of people end up doing is they end up with these somewhat complicated schemes of hiring somebody to go through and do job walkthroughs and open up jobs so that their crew can come in and that they're they're running around all the different job sites and having you know one person trying to start up every job site. Well, this simplifies it. It's it it pushes the responsibility down to the lowest. Uh, possible, you know, person to, to the lowest level possible of responsibility. And it says, okay, we have to have an onsite leader who is going to be capable of reading this work order, understanding what is is done and understanding how to perform the job. Okay. And what you do is you put together uh, these work orders in a way that is easy to read. Not only that, is great to do video. Uh, I picked this up from another contractor. Uh, you know, we we talk about oh, I need somebody to do the walkthroughs on the jobs. How about you do the walkthrough when you do the bid? Go through, tell the customer, hey, um, here's the process. I'm going to go through. I'm going to take some notes. I'm going to put together some some measurements and pricing, and then I'm going to walk through and I'm going to record a video so that my crew knows what they're getting themselves into it takes you three minutes to walk through that job site and to show what every, all what's going on, okay? That's all it takes. You record that video, post it uh, as an unlisted video on YouTube, okay? Some people like to use our, our uh, industry partner company cam for that. Um, either way, okay, get it out there, get it online, get it attached to the work order, okay? So that's the first thing is... Getting the work order together. You've got to have it organized. You got to have it so that when the person reads it, when that painter who's reading it, they can see, okay, this is the area. This is what is getting done. Let's say we're talking inside. This is the entry. This is what's getting done. Walls, trim, ceiling. You write any kind of special notes that you have. Anything that you need to draw attention to. Repairs, caulky, any kind, any kind of thing like that you give them a budget okay and when i say budget that there is an expectation of how much work is there and it has to connote how difficult it is but also how much time it should be it, it will need to be uh, completed in now the trick there okay and this is a little bit outside of the scope of this particular podcast but the trick is that You have individual contributors on your team who produce at different rates. Okay. And so sometimes what's difficult about that is you might say you put in a a certain number of hours on that job. And let's say you're like, okay, this particular line item, this task should take eight hours. My question is eight hours for who? Eight hours for the average painter, eight hours for an apprentice, eight hours for uh, uh, an expert. Eight hours for who? So you gotta be a little difficult. You gotta. It's gotta be. You gotta be a little particular. It's a little difficult to put it just in plain terms of hours, uh, because you have different people who are going to be producing it, and so you might consider putting in a an hour range. Or um, what I do is I have a, a point system that I've developed where instead of saying it's going to take this many hours and having the young person try to work fast to get to that hours or having, or heaven forbid, having a guy who's really fast slow his pace down when he doesn't need to, uh, I use the point system and the point system basically says that an apprentice has to produce this number of points in a day, whereas a journeyman or a craftsman produces X number of points in a day. And so they know that this task, if it's an eight point task, that the apprentice knows I got a day to do that that task, whereas the craftsman knows that I got to get that done uh, around lunchtime. So it's a it's a it's a unique system there, again, a little bit beyond the scope of this particular podcast. But suffice it to say, you have to tell your people how much work there is and how much time to take up, because Parkinson's law says the amount of work expands the amount of time taken for it. And so, if you have, if you give them half a day to do a project, uh, they're going to take half a day. But if you give them a full day to take that project, they're going to, it's the same work. They're going to go a full day on it. Okay. So, you have to put a limitation and a container around how much effort to put into that job, how much time, how much effort. Okay. So, that work order. has to, each job has to have its own work order. And you got to write these things out. And I strongly, strongly recommend producing a video version of the work order so that they can actually see the job. They can actually, you know, they don't have to imagine what it means when it says vaulted entry, okay? You could see the vaulted entry and you can know exactly what's going to fit in there. Are you going to have to bring in a telescoping ladder? Are you going to be able to fit in scaffolding? Does it even make sense to? So those are things that are visually communicated that if you use a video, you can you can visually communicate the scope of this work. Okay. so where do you house these work orders? Well, that let's make it simple. Okay. now, certainly there are a lot of great softwares out there, a lot of great uh, industry partners from the PCA that offer great tools. But my goal in this podcast has never been to create a 45 minute commercial about some product that's out there. OK, I'm always going to try to give you the way that you could do it for free or for as low cost as possible. And so with the, the, the most free thing that you can do is, uh, you know, aside from, you know, a little bit of printing cost is to print those work orders out. And put them on a stack and order them in in, in in order of importance. But I think what's probably actually cheaper than that is just to use your Google Calendar. You guys, that's a Google Calendar is free. If you upgrade to the business plan, it's still pretty cheap. Okay. And I recommend it. Use that Google Calendar, create an event and upload the PDF of your work order to that calendar event, and then invite everybody who is on that job, who's going to be on that job, invite them to the calendar event. And you can use company emails. You can use their personal emails. Everybody has an email. Okay. If they don't, how are they functioning society? I don't know how they do that right now. I mean, a long time ago, you could function without an email, but today uh, everybody has, has an email. And so you add them to that calendar and that gives them access to the work order. It gives them access to the video. And because it's on a calendar, it tells them how many days they should be on that job. And that's really the key. And what I love about the Google Calendar is that you can color coordinate those events so you can give certain crews a certain color so that you can see who is going to be on that job, who's on that job, how many crews. You just line them up, you stack them up. Okay. So the person that is responsible, this is what we call the backlog. Okay. The backlog of work. The person that is responsible for the backlog is the project owner. And the project owner is typically the person selling the job. Okay. They're the ones that are going out there uh, building a network, meeting new people, taking the inbound leads. Scheduling outbound appointments, scheduling estimates, bringing them, uh, filling up their schedule, filling up that pipeline, selling the jobs, doing the estimates, building up the work orders, putting them organized neatly in the calendar. Okay. They got to own that side of it. There's the person who gets the work and there's the person who does the work. You need two people that are, uh, Owning each side of the process, and they have to maintain it and and keep it clear. Now, when they have that backlog all filled up, then you transfer it over to what we call the master craftsman or the sprint master, the person who is in charge of production. Okay, this would be your traditional. Project manager or project coordinator over this. We call it in my company. We call it the master craftsman because we want them to also have a little bit of training responsibility and and you know really being the leader of the of the uh, of the crews in terms of the standard of quality and excellence. So they handle that. And what they do is they get together in a planning meeting. The project owner and the master craftsman. They get together in a planning meeting. And they look at the next two weeks, okay? A sprint is a two-week period where work gets done, okay? And so they are going to plan out the sprint. Now, here's the key about this meeting. The planning meeting, it has to be a place where two people and perhaps a third are coming together In a space of mutual respect and a desire and a goal to achieve and accomplish. And these two individuals, both the project owner, the person who sold the jobs, and the master craftsman, the person who is responsible for getting the jobs done, they have insights into the schedule that the other other person needs. I think it is a mistake to put the schedule on one person's shoulders. I think if you do that, it's it's very stressful, and they are creating the schedule without a full grasp of what is going on. I'll, I'll give you some very concrete examples here. The project owner, for example, who is the one who went in and talked to the customer, well, they know... Because they had the conversation that, uh, you know, Miss Gregory has a uh, has a graduation party coming up. And that's the whole reason why they're painting, because they've got relatives and friends and everybody coming in and the trim is all scuffed up and a mess. And they want it to be done by a certain time so that they, uh, you know, can can not be embarrassed by all the guests coming in. Well that information is very easy to fall through the through the cracks but the project owner has a tendency to remember that stuff and so when they're talking to the master craftsman they know that this person can't be moved around but the master craftsman is looking at it uh without having met these people without you know gauging the temperature of of how willing they are to to be flexible on the timing or not and of course you can read all those notes and everything but Who knows if they actually ever do? It's hard. You know, I mean, there's a lot of notes. okay, And so getting these people together is important because the project owner can say, hey, hey, Master Craftsman, we can't move the Gregory's back because they've got the whole reason that they're painting is for this graduation party. And if we could get them get it done before then, it's that's really important to them. And then he can say, okay, the master craftsman says, okay, well, let's move this around and this around these, you know, what about these people? Are they more flexible? Right. So they have to have that feedback from the from the project owner because the project owner knows the details uh, and the emotions of the customer. Whereas and and they're able to empathize and advocate. That's the other thing is that they're able to empathize and advocate for the customers on behalf of the customers. Whereas the master craftsman only not because they don't care, but it's only because they just haven't met the person yet. They don't know what to advocate for. That's all it is. Okay, so the the master craftsman then has their own knowledge of what's possible. Right. So oftentimes that project owner is going to say, hey, we got to get this project on, on the, you know, on the schedule because the X, Y and Z and the master craftsman can just say, hey, look, I'm looking at how many people that we have. And I'm looking at the reality of the situation and you know, the fact of the matter is, is that Tim is going to go on vacation. And so we're going to be down a man that week. And so I can't get it done then. Or he's looking at the video and he's saying, okay, you have here that we are going to be priming the, you know, the wood slat ceiling and, uh, you know, we got to make accommodations for that. Here's here's the process for that. And that's why yes you know, so he's he's just the point is, is he's going to know or she they're going to know what is possible in terms of production. A lot of times the project owner likes to promise a little bit more than they're able to give. And the master craftsman can bring them back to reality. By, here's what we actually can do based off of the resources that we have. This is why it's important that they get together in the same room and talk about it and do the schedule together because the nuance of what each of them knows has to play into making the schedule a third if you're going to have a third person here usually if you are um a, a, you know a company that has a little bit of size to it let's say you do have a uh, a salesperson and a project manager and you're leading the two okay or maybe you have a few project managers you got a few salespeople and you're leading the group um, there has to be somebody who understands the money right and if you're a smaller team and maybe look maybe you are both maybe you're the maybe you're the salesperson and the and leading the jobs maybe you're both the project owner and the master craftsman and you just have to have this meeting with yourself where you're covering all these bases but I would suggest to you that you get out of that as soon as possible and try to hire somebody, to uh, to be that second person. Either you, if if what you're passionate about is selling and meeting new people and building the business, if that's what you're passionate about, go that way and train up that painter that you have to to take on a little bit more responsibilities. Um, if you are the opposite, you could give her, you know, you could take or leave selling, but you like making sure that. Uh, all the trains are running on time and that the jobs are looking good. If you like being with the guys and uh, and coaching them up and helping them succeed, if that's you, then you might want to look for a sales rep to fulfill this project owner piece and uh, where you focus on maintaining the quality of the work. And I would, I would argue that, for a lot of you, that is probably where like I think too many, I think too many of the coaches and, and too many of the uh, consultants out there are pushing business owners to move into sales when they need to maintain operations. Uh, I, I see that a lot. I think too many are pushing them in that direction. but I'm not saying that one is for you and one isn't for others. I'm just saying that you need to examine yourself. And you need to know what your core strength is. And your core strength might actually be maintaining the product. Whereas somebody else might be more suited for sales. But the the vice versa could be true too. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You have to know yourself. You have to decide what's right for you. Either way, I strongly recommend that you get two people, one over the other, before you before you get too big because otherwise uh, you're going to be spinning your wheels, you're going to be working really long days and long hours uh, trying to keep up with everything. you're just not going to be able to do it. So <clears throat> once you get the the projects, once you sit down in this meeting, you plan out those two weeks, you gotta keep an eye on how much revenue actually needs to be scheduled. and and when we get into these meetings, we talk about that a lot. We talk about scheduling the revenue, how much, revenue do we need in the next two weeks in order to make sure that everybody has, uh, the, you know, a good, good paychecks, right? Because it's very easy, um, especially if you are running an employee model where you're paying people by the hour, um, it's very easy for you to not schedule enough work and not earn enough money, but everybody thinks that they're doing a great job. Because it's, it's it's just simple, right? So like, let's say you schedule a job <clears throat> that is, uh, I don't know, let's say it's $10,000, right? And you put a couple people on it. And you know, uh, you if you did the math, you would see that, okay, two people on this job, they got to finish it in two weeks. Um, if they do finish it in two weeks, we do great. But if they finish it in three or four, then we don't do great, right? Well, if you don't know that going in, you could you could just as easily say, oh, wow, it's $10,000 job. Let's schedule it for th- it's probably going to take three weeks. And, and what do they do? They take three weeks because of that Parkinson's law. Right. The work expands the amount of time given for it. And so if those people jump in and they do the job in three weeks, then all of a sudden you're not as profitable as you need to be. And the cash flow to pay for payroll uh, feels a little tight and a little slim. And so scheduling the revenue is is an idea that you have to submit into your brain. You gotta know going into the week how much revenue you need to schedule in order to make uh, to make ends meet, in order to pay your overhead expenses, and in order to be profitable. If you don't know that number, you need to stop right now and figure out what that number is. Total up all of the expenses that you have. Total up all the payroll that you have and then, uh, you know, double it. Okay, do something to figure out how much money you actually need in order to be profitable in this business And, and put it on a calendar of how much revenue you need to schedule in order to maintain those profit margins. That's what that meaning is about. It's about planning out those projects, knowing what you need to complete them. Who is going to be, which projects are getting slated, who's going to be on those jobs? If there's anybody that needs a day off, knowing that so you can adjust the schedule and the expectations of how much revenue you're able to schedule. So, out of that meeting, you'll have a plan for the next two weeks. Now, you need to, once you have that plan, you need to leave everybody alone. Okay. Don't call other people, don't call everybody into too many meetings because what will happen. Is if you have somebody who is production oriented and you pull them away from the work, then a, a simple meeting blows up the whole day. Okay, you think to you it might be just an hour worth of time, but to them it gets them, it pulls them out of the rhythm. They have to change their mindset. They had to, they have to travel, and it, and it, and it blows up their day. And so this is why the two week sprint is so critical, is because you have that planning meeting. And once we have that planning meeting, everybody knows what they're doing for the next two weeks so that they can just focus on work. That's it. Give them their whole plan for the next two weeks so that they can focus on the work. Okay. but while you're doing that, okay, it is important to check in on a daily basis. And so we want to we do want to have a daily stand up meet. And this is, that's what it's called. It's called the daily standup meeting. And it is 15 minutes. My preference is at the end of the day. You could do them at the beginning of the day, but I, my preference is at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, they can give an accounting of what they did. And then they, what they do is they give a detailed plan for what they're going to do tomorrow. Okay. I tend to have this meeting at four o'clock. And it's just a calendar event. My crews, my team, they uh, they tune in via their phone on their uh, on a Google meeting. They just it's on the calendar. They just click the meeting link, and boom, they're in. Okay. And when they uh, tune in, they give they answer three questions: what got done today, what's getting done tomorrow, and what blockers stand in my way. That blocker question. Now, if you're running a smooth operation. Most of the time, people are like, I don't have any blockers, but you got to keep asking that question because if there is a blocker, what will happen is their whole day tomorrow will get blown up if it's not figured out before they go home tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. A couple years ago, I was uh, doing some some uh, analytics on my company, and it's uh, on the efficiency of everything. And I noticed that, <clears throat> that in terms of people uh, spending time at the paint store, that we were spending an additional $300 a month on payroll related to visits to the paint store. And so I I asked myself, what are what are we getting at the paint store? So I looked at I get all those invoices emailed to me directly. So I looked at them and those invoices, they have timestamps and they have what items were getting purchased. And what I noticed is that we were showing up to the paint store at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. to pick up like a tray liner or something like that. It's like, man, you just left that job site, took you probably 15, 20 minutes to get to the paint store. You went in, you picked up a single tray liner for $1.49. Then you drove all the way back to the job site. Another 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, that is inefficient. That is not payroll that I want to be spending. Okay. Okay. So what you do instead is you, you look at the blockers. Okay. I'm running low on supplies. Okay, great. Let's stock up on supplies for the rest of the sprint. Let's make sure that we have all the supplies that we need so that we don't have to make more trips. Right. Uh, We're going into the, you know, we're going over to the outside of the building. We need, a larger extension ladder. Great. Let's get it before work, before we need it, okay? Let's strap it to the top of the vehicle and get it to the job site before we need it so that we don't get to that point at two o'clock in the afternoon after we've finished, we come back from lunch, started working for an hour, and all of a sudden, oh shoot, we need a we need that extension extension ladder. okay? That's what that question is for. So, again, the daily stand-up happens uh, for 15 minutes only. Keep it to 15 minutes. Do not talk your people's ear off. Get out of that meeting fast. But everybody gives an accounting, what they did today, what they're doing tomorrow, what blockers stand in my way. And if there are any adjustments that you need to make, make them. Okay? So you finish that, that sprint cycle, which is the two weeks, and then you come together for a review meeting. And in this review meeting... You talk together about how the sprint went the last two weeks. Look at the last two weeks. How did they go? Did you perform well? Were the jobs profitable? Was, were the a- estimates accurate? Uh, if not, how can they be more accurate? This is an opportunity for you to have a retrospective meeting about how about the health of the company about how the production uh, schedule's going. You ask those questions and you create a space in this meeting where everybody feels like a first-class citizen, where everybody has the uh, feels like they have the safe space to speak up and to talk about what's not going right, what could go better. It's got to be a place of humility. It's got to be a place of respect. So that when you're giving feedback and critique, that it's not coming from a place of anger or, uh, or or uh, you know, like deep criticism, but it's instead just a critique on how things can go better, right? Where everybody is there to encourage and support one another and to improve, and we're not trying to hurt each other's feelings. We're not getting emotions running high. Okay, if emotions are starting to run high, got to take a a step back, take a breather, come back when everybody's on their A game. Uh, But the best way for people to not feel that that uh, anxiety and frustration is for you as a leader to be a good listener. You know, in these meetings, try to listen more than you speak. Okay, you got two ears, one mouth. Use it that way ask great questions, facilitate the discussion, let your people speak for themselves and take their feedback and implement it. And it doesn't matter where it's coming from. You could have a brand new apprentice who looks at it with fresh eyes and is like, I'm trying to figure out why you're doing it this way. It really seems like this would be a better way. Everybody thinks about it. Dang, that's actually a pretty good idea. You'd be surprised by what innovation can come when you meet on a two-week schedule and everybody is contributing to the improvement at the end of that two weeks the idea is that the jobs that you put in the sprint were enough to be finished within the two weeks. because if all the jobs that you did were able to be completed in the two weeks then you can bill and you can invoice and you can have cash flow coming in every two weeks consistently so that Your income in and income out isn't all over the place. Try to make it so that those jobs are finishing at the end of the two weeks so that the money is being invoiced at the end of the two weeks and you have consistent cash flow, so that payroll is being hit every single time. Now, what I like doing with that review meeting is I like having it just before the planning meeting so that we can maximize our time. And I say, okay, when we show up to that meeting in the morning, I have it on a Thursday morning. I say, OK, everybody, we do it virtually. That's how I do it. But you could do it in your shop. You could do it wherever you want. I do mine all virtually. I say, OK, everybody, how did the how did the last two weeks go? And then they, they tell me how it went. They gave me the feedback. If I need to make adjustments, we need to create a new system, a new SOP. We do it. We create assignments. We go forth. Then we go right into the planning meeting. We say, okay, let's look at the jobs coming up. Here are the videos. Here are the work orders. Here are the things to know. Here are the things that we still need to do. This person still needs colors. And then the person who is the onsite leader is responsible for calling the uh, customer who's on deck, who's in the sprint, and saying, hey, we're on your way. They text, they call, they email, they do everything to make sure that that customer uh, is aware that they are coming within the next couple of days. All right? That's how it works. You end up with finished backlog and it's a beautiful, beautiful system. It's so simple once you really get it, get it going. And so uh, I just want to reiterate to you guys that if you do this, you will be able to reduce the amount of stress and panic and staying up at night that you are doing, okay? Your people will stick around because they know that you're organized. In fact, I've had people leave because they thought the grass was greener on the other side and come back because the other company wasn't a disorganized mess. OK, they didn't have work orders. They show up, they, they learn where they're going the, the morning of. They, wait, they just wait in the morning for a text to learn where they're going. OK, that's that's not a way to live as an employee. You got to know where you You got to know where you're you going to show up for work. You got to know that two weeks at a time. And and so the the assurance that comes from the system of having a clear plan at the beginning of the sprint and knowing exactly what you're going to be doing the next two weeks, um, it's it's gold for the employees. It's so comforting and it's helpful. And so and, it, and that works with subcontractors because I did it with both subcontractors and employees. Uh. The subs, I brought them in on that planning meeting. Um, usually I brought them in after the employees. Of course, I was running these <clears throat> meetings in Spanish and English. Um, but I bring every I bring those people in those subs in. And I, I give them the work orders, uh, a stack of work orders, just the same. Add them to the the calendar, just the same. Uh, share the expectations of the job, just the same. OK, at the end of the two weeks, they hand in their work orders We issue payments, okay, just the same. I total up all their payments, all the jobs that they got through, and I issue a check for everything that got done every two weeks. Works the same. It's a wonderful system, and it's going to help you to uh, be clear about what you're doing. It's going to take the stress out. You know, I know that running a business can feel way more like a curse than it than it can feel a blessing. But it shouldn't be that way. Your business should be a blessing and not a curse. All right. The book sprint. Okay. Everything that I just shared with you, <clears throat> the that was just kind of the gist and the con the content and what all the key players in this system do are in the book. And when you come to an event where I'm speaking about Sprint, We go into more detail and there's a little more interaction. Okay, so you're going to be able to walk away with a plan on how to actually implement it for your team. You've got specifics, you've got nuances, you've got differences. Your team might not be exactly organized in the same way. But when you come to the live event, you can actually uh, I'm going to walk you through this and you're going to be able to adapt it. To what you're doing so uh i will be um speaking about this again at the uh at crank on fire which is um september 29th through the 30th in denver colorado um you can register at the pro painter network and use the promo code uh tor 100 crank to get 100 dollars off for registration that's tor 100 t-o-r the number 100-100-CRANK, C-R-A-N-K, to get $100 off on your uh, registration. Uh, this has been a great episode, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> that is so self uh, self-promoting um i'm just here to help out you guys i'm just here to help out and uh and share some of the some of the knowledge that i've gained from research from experience from failure and success uh my name's torlando and this has been another episode of paint ed